You are listening to Doc Watson's Boxing Update in association with Primal Radio. All right. All right. Primal Radio, we're back. This is Jimmy Cannon. I am with Doc Watson. Tom is MIA today. We got people out searching for him. We don't know what he did. Right now, it is very early in the morning on the East Coast before 6 a.m. And in Singapore, what's the time? It's 6.40 p.m. And I reckon Tom is in bed with a hangover. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't be in bed with a girl. (laughs) No, actually, you're right. That would never happen. That would never happen. If that did happen, that would be a, I, I would definitely let him off missing the show because, we'll, you know, we'll it, that, that would be the it'd miracle. It would be the end of times. <laughs> <laughs> miracle. That's it. The radio show's off. Oh, get it on. Get it on. That's so fun. Well, good for him. Yeah, look, we all need to have fun. But hopefully uh, he's okay or he just fucked up the time. But we don't know. But anyway, so what we're doing is we got our boxing update. And so we're going to go over, geez, the last couple of fights and, and kind of see what's going on because there's a lot of boxing news. I mean, quite honestly, for years and years, the heavyweight division has been shit. In the last couple of years, it has picked up. So a lot of good action. We want to go over, well, hey, we just had the uh, the Wild Ortiz fight, too, and we just had Anthony Joshua and Ruiz, too. So let's go over it, man. Doc, you went to the Wild Ortiz, too, fight. I did. It was a fantastic experience. Really good night. I didn't actually go all the way there just for the fight. I had um, a business trip to Vegas. I stayed on a couple of days in order to go to the fight. I'm glad I did. I uh, really enjoyed it. It was was a great night. They say that Wilder doesn't do well. He's not box office. He doesn't sell tickets. And maybe a lot of the tickets were comped, but the arena looked pretty full to me. I got good ringside seats and uh, how did you get your seats? How did you get your seats? I did it very officially. I rolled up in a taxi to the MGM Grand not long before the main event and got collared by a tout. I, I got lucky, really. I, I actually I've done that a few times. I was pretty confident. You have you've I'd done get, it before. And no, no, no. It wasn't my first rodeo. Thinking, oh, maybe I maybe I get a five hundred dollar ticket for say two hundred and fifty dollars. Or if I'm unlucky and the event has done really well, then I might, you know, I might have to buy a hundred dollar ticket and I might have to pay two hundred dollars for it, you know. And you go with that. And I, I got a two thousand dollar ringside seat. It was I was in, uh, I was like four meters back from the ring. It was really only like a couple of rows in front of me for four hundred bucks. I mean, there was nothing dodgy about the ticket or anything like that. They scan them all when you go in. It's just. Uh, the way it works out there, a lot of the casinos buy tickets, they comp them, they give them away to the, a lot of the high rollers to, to attract oh. them. Some of those guys can't be even bothered to go, so those tickets just end up floating around. And then, of course, I'm sure there's um, other people who buy tickets and sell them, but this guy was happy to sell me a $2,000 ticket for $400, so I, I'm guessing he didn't pay $2,000 for it. Right, now um, it. Okay, well, that's great. So you just went in by yourself? I went by myself, Billy No Mates, it was it was good experience, you know. You, you never know who you're going to get sat next to. Good chat to a guy next to me. He was a very sort of swish, uh, blinged up guy. In fact, at one point I asked him if he was a boxer because he, he just uh, he just he was like, no. But everybody always says that to me. It must be my physique. <laughs> okay. Ah, ah. Yeah, and I met. I also met uh, an ex-military guy, Chris Hamilton, who's uh, a wheelchair boxer. 
you know, I, I didn't know much about that. He, he was having a, a wheelchair boxing match about a week and a half after the fight. He'd obviously gone out, he's probably finished his training, gone out there with uh, Scott Welch, who's an ex-British professional heavyweight, who, who challenged Henry Akamonde, I think, for the uh, title, if I remember correctly. You know, so I met those guys. It was, it was, it was good. And uh, I, I really like this guy, uh, Chris. He was like, ah, I'm a boxer doesn't have legs from the knee down and wow, okay. there's a metal kind of springy aesthetics right. or whatever you call it and uh, I said did you used to box he said no oh, I box now wheelchair boxer I was just like well I, I gotta love that this this guy is massive smile we had loads of energy about him and uh, you know we had a bit of a chat and, and, and actually you know as we get into the fight as we were watching the fight Wilder was losing <laughs> so comprehensively that everyone was sort of nudging each other and said, he hasn't won a round yet, has he? He's really on his way to losing. You know, it's, it's kind of like kind of like that. And uh, there was, you know, a few people there that have gone on their own as well, and it was great. Well, I want to, real quick, we'll get to the fight. Just it interests me that that the guy boxes in the wheelchair. This gentleman I work with in the United States Army, and I was training him for a couple of years. Real good athlete. And then one day, he calls me and cancels our training session, which was very unusual for him. I reach out to him and he doesn't get back to me. And I reach out to him again. He doesn't get back to me. And then like I wait like a month and I said, Hey, just checking up on you, you know? And then he goes, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't train right now. I'm paralyzed. Right. So this is why, why he stopped training. He had a military training accident. Long and short of his, he disappeared. So oh. he was paralyzed from the waist down. And then he, had recently come back to me, started training. He's got use of his legs. Like he walks with crutches. So he's been training with me now for about six months again. And the interesting yeah. thing is what boxing, just that the moving of it, that maybe the interaction between the mind, body, and spirit, you know, he's getting greater range of motion. He's moving better. He's loosening up. Now, it's nothing necessarily that I'm doing, but maybe just that interaction of the boxing. It's pretty fantastic to see, you know, people with disabilities. I work with uh, kids with with Asperger's and stuff like that, who really excel at boxing. You're not that they're going to be boxers, but it was just an interesting side note that, that you kind of reminded me of that. But back to the sure. fight. No, was fair that, play, fair play. Was, how was the energy when you were there? Very good. I went late. I didn't, you know, I didn't go to see much of uh, the undercard quite a little bit. I can just say that come the Wilder fight, the arena to me felt pretty packed. It was electric, really, uh, watching the fighters come out. I think Ortiz did his ring walk and we were all, you know, getting excited. And then for Wilder's ring walk, it was amazing, quite honestly. It was, yeah. it was, it was majestic is the word I would use. Came out this kind of gladiatorial, uh, rather moving soundtrack. He was wearing the, the mask and all that stuff that he does. He took a very slow, slow walk to the ring like he was really soaking in the energy and enjoying it. He wasn't sort of dancing to it. It was somber in a way. I remember as he got onto the, as he climbed up to the ring, he just turned before he got over the ropes. He just turned and faced the crowd and he kind of put his arms up. It just, it reminded me of like the gladiator, you know, I don't want to sort of over-dramatize it, but you know, the gladiator, it's just, oh, you're not entertained. It was a bit like that. And, uh, yeah, he got in, he did one little bounce, nodded his head, and then kind of, you know, 
he was in the ring and the ring was obviously busy. Was with, was the crowd predominantly you know, for Wilder? You think it was a Wilder? Crowd? Um, I imagine it was. But. I don't think there was a. I don't think Wilder has like a massive fan base. I think I think I felt like everyone that was there was just there to watch the fight. Um, yeah, um, the guy next to me, he wanted Wilder to win. A few of the guys around me did. I, I was pretty vocal in the fact that I just wanted to see a good fight. And I actually, I would have liked to have seen Ortiz win. Um, that would have been interesting had Ortiz yeah. won that fight and really threw a, a monkey wrench into the, to the mix there, like when Ruiz beat Joshua. And let's be honest, it looked like Ortiz could have won. I mean, I, I, there was no yeah. point where I said he's got this in the bag because, you know, we're all acutely aware of the uh, threat that is Wilder's fists and in particular his right hand. But he was boxing so beautifully. His tactics were spot on. He was light on his feet. He was in better shape, I think, than he was for the first fight. He looked leaner. It really looked like, wow, he's, he's got his number here. He's not getting in exchanges. He wasn't, you know, in the right. first fight, he was, he was down before he got stopped in the tenth. There was none of that. He was really in the driving seat. Well, you know, in both fights, in the, in the first fight, it was 84-85 uh, on all cards for Ortiz in the first fight before he got knocked out. On this one, <laughs> in the second fight, the cards were 58-56, 59-55, and 59-55, all for Ortiz. He was dominating that fight. And when you watch it, like you say, he was masterful in, in avoiding that right hand. He kept pairing it, slipping it masterfully. And as we have discussed, it, all of a sudden, he makes one error in judgment. And it's fucking lights out, man. And you know, Wilder, he just has that dynamite in that hand. Unbelievable. I mean... Uh, it's with I give so much props to Ortiz for adjusting his game plan for being really on point for totally. the way he boxed. He seemed to take it all away from Wilder. You know, we've said before Wilder doesn't possess a particularly good array of boxing skills. Wow. But to be outboxed soundly for eight rounds and then Disguise your right hand, you know, i.e. the way that he pulled with the left. He tapped Ortiz, I think, three times. Not, they weren't like real jabs. He just tapped him three times with, the le with his left. And he got very side on. Couldn't really see the right hand. Ortiz dropped his backhand. And then boom. That takes right. some doing. I mean, you can't just keep saying... Wilder's power to land that right hand the way he did requires some skill, and I think that you do have to recognize that we're not going to suddenly say that Wilder, you know, is this really great boxer, he's not, but we do need to also recognize that the guy can be outboxed, doesn't lose his confidence, he can bide his time, he's waiting for that moment to drop that power shot. It looked like he was on his way to a points defeat and boom and that power nice. is 
tremendous. It's tremendous. It's only a very few fighters in history have that one punch. Usually there's a couple before that. And then we all see that left hook or uppercut that knocks the gap. But usually it's predicated or preceded by a couple shots before it that uh, put him and set him up for that. He doesn't need that. That one shot will do it. And, and, don't, the fight. Yeah. and don't you think Ortiz has got a good chin? I, I don't he, think uh, Ortiz is an easy guy to knock out. I, I think he's a tough SOB. No, he is. And look, it was a laser shot. You know, part of, you know, despite the power on it, it was completely accurate. I mean, it was right on the bullseye. And, and that would be probably tough to, to get yeah. up from. Which, you know, I was thinking about when you see that knockout and then you go back and you see how he uh, knocked down Fury. And the fact that Fury, by the grace of God, was able to climb up out of the coffin is extraordinary. Because it, it was the same power, you know, and, uh, and, he, who knows how and that... he, if I remember well, he landed the right hand and then didn't he clip Fury on as Fury was on the way down as left, well. okay. on the way down. And not only that, but then Fury's head bounced on the canvas. He can do one of two things. It can jar a guy back awake, which sounds crazy. Right. <laughs> or it can knock him or it can continue. Or maybe you weren't knocked out. But the fact that you hit your head knock you out so one of those two things could happen <laughs> the you... idea that you could be out on the way down and then hit the canvas and actually wake you wake up it's I'm true like, it's no, like no. someone slaps you or throws water on you get up what the fuck are you doing <laughs> but anyway so you got to give wilder all the props in the world and now you know he's i guess at the top of the food chain to talking some shit about other guys who he'll fight I don't know how that'll go, but he, you know, definitely he, he can be outboxed. What he can't be done is, what's Wilder's chin like this? Can Wilder, Has anyone really ever tested his chin? Well, he got hit with some decent shots by Ortiz, didn't he? And uh, there was a he point, did. he saw the point where he uh, got his hands and he did a bit of a Tarzan sort of beated his chest or beated his head or something. He said, come on, you know, he, got, he riled himself up. I thought, he's taking these shots pretty well. I think he's got a reasonable chin. I mean, he was wobbled in their first fight, no doubt about it. But he seems to have that fighting spirit in him. I, th I, think, he's a, I think he's a fighter. Oh, no doubt. He's a tough guy. Ch Charlie Zelenoff. Have you heard of this guy? I have. I have. He's been going to the gym. Just <laughs> there's a documentary, because this wraps around the wild. Charlie Zelenoff, he's this guy who would, like, I would see someone in the gym and give him gloves and then just beat the shit out of him. That's kind of his thing. And he, he's the undefeated bare knuckle champion in the world, according to him. And he's fought, we should get him on the radio show. God, that guy would be entertaining. But he was talking mad shit about Wilder for a long, long time. And Wilder, he must have got under Wilder's shit. I think he said something about Wilder's wife and his daughter, mm -hmm. right, which made it really personal. And Wilder flew out to wherever he was at. And this guy, what a set of balls on him. He's like five foot eight, like 140 pounds. And Wilder's this gigantic man. Wilder in the, is trying to throw punches at him. Wilder throws this tremendous, big motherfucking left uppercut. And somehow, Charlie Zelenoff gets the fuck out of the way of it. Did you, you, have you ever seen this? It's amazing. I've seen some things where he, he sucker punches people, doesn't he? Right. Because he goes yeah. to touch gloves and then he just hits them. And I've seen one where uh, he gets a bit, you know, he gets his ass handed to him. And then I do remember seeing the wild one, but it was years ago. 
didn't the Wilder like end up chasing him around the gym? He chased him around the gym and made yeah. him apologize and stuff. Because right, he they go to touch clothes and you see anyway, I just thought that was funny because Wilder nah. would have fucking been up on charges for murder. So I thought fair play to Wilder because he might have got in a bit of trouble over that, he, and he didn't give a shit. He was just going to do what he didn't did. give a shit. But look, he's a, he's a tough guy. We'll see. Look, we'll see what what the future well, brings. It that again. Well, it looks like the Fury Wilder fight is made, and it seems that they're just working behind the scenes to figure out how they're going to do that, the announcement. Mark, has that been really confirmed? Well, it's not been officially announced, but Arum is saying it's done, but. The TV promoters, which is Fox and the other one, they're combined. You know, they're working on, on how they're going to, I suppose, make the announcement and drop straight into probably a media tour. So it, it sounds like it's a, it, the deal is done. They're just figuring out the PR around it. We will see. Be, well, that'll be in Vegas probably. And uh, Yes, February 22nd in Vegas with the most likely venue, I think, being the MGM brand again, sure. I think. Um, I'm probably going to go to that. I, what, me and a buddy of mine have already sort of shook hands and said they wow. confirmed to go. For me, that fight has got more interesting because I think Fury, you know, didn't exactly look great in his last fight and has talked a little bit about you said some things, right, as we said on the show previously, said a few things that make you wonder if he's got his eye on the door. And Wilder has just come through it again against Ortiz. And as I said, I truly think that Wilder's confidence, in addition to his right hand, make him a hard man to beat. Oh, no doubt. I, I mean, I think Fury's just one of those guys who's very passionate and Wears his heart on his sleeve, so to speak, and whatever's yep. on his mind in that moment, he'll say, "Oh fuck this! I'm just going to quit this or not do this." I don't think he thinks that deeply about it. it just in the moment, he'll say what he's feeling. I do agree with you. He's definitely that kind of guy, isn't he? But right. um, and I also think that Wilder brings out will bring out the best in him. I do. He'll train really hard for that fight, and he'll be bang up for it. So. Uh, you, I think we see the best of both guys in so that do you, fight. What do you, so do you think Fury fights the same way as he did in the first fight? Because it worked pretty goddamn well. He fights the same way, similar to how he fought against Klitschko. Lots of head movement, sort of jerky head movement, lots of feints, lots right. of footwork, but probably better because he's been active for couple of years as opposed to how he was coming into the first fight right. but i also think the wilder knows what he did in the 12th round he needs to find a way to do that in the first half of the fight maybe in the first quarter of the fight because fury can get back up so he might need to do it twice right. even three times you think of fury frustrates him in that Wilder will get wild, so to speak, and start throwing bombs where he shouldn't be throwing bombs. Maybe. I think maybe the worst thing you can do is get Wilder throwing bombs, even when they're crude swings. Right. Um, so it because it, it, yeah, because in the middle of those crude swings could come one semi-accurate punch and, and you're in trouble. So you don't want to be trading with him. I think you want to be just comfortably, steadily outboxing him. 
obviously if he gets desperate and starts throwing punches that are you know missing by a country mile then you know that that's different but see what happens don't know what's going to happen you know i i I think probably fury takes it on points but i i wouldn't be surprised if uh if if wilder left fury flat on his back unable to right those are the only two way that fight's happening is that you get the the knockout from Wilder, or you win on points from Fury because Fury's not going to knock out Wilder. I don't see that happening. So those, are, that's it. There is no way Wilder wins that fight on points. No uh, way. I, I, I'd, I'd have a better chance of winning on points. The only thing that could happen is he could knock Fury down something like three times, and therefore he could bag six rounds. And every other round, Fury's won, and so you could have a draw again. Still a bit out there. I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily bet on that, mate. But, uh, how, you know, how, that's how he's going to win points, isn't it? By, right. by knocking Fury down. Right. Fury's an animal. He's a, he's a yeah. real bit gypsy speak. He's a true fighting man, as they he sort of How say. about Ruiz Joshua too? Well, it was what we expected. Was it what you expected? I thought Joshua was going to come back and make those adjustments. If he listened to his trainer, if his coaches were worth a shit, I don't know his coaches at all. He fought kind of like Klitschko. Like, we remember Klitschko when early on in his career, he was getting caught. Guys were getting in on the inside. He didn't have a great job. And then he got with Manny Stewart and said, no, 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 you need to fight long. Control that distance. He didn't hug as much, but he did a better job at controlling that distance, working that job, and being more of a sniper. He didn't want to exchange punches with a faster puncher on the inside that happened a couple times the eighth or ninth round and Ruiz was getting the best of him but when Joshua stayed in his range I tell my fighters this by the way all the time you must control the range and the tempo of the fight it's no secret as soon as I allow you to box me and you control that range and tempo I'm gonna lose when you watch a fight I always, always say to yourself whose fight there's two guys in there whose fight are they fighting Joshua did exactly what I thought he would do. The fight didn't go how I thought it would go. I thought that Ruiz was going to get the job done, if I'm honest. I did have my doubts after the weigh-in, but I still stuck, you know, with my gut. I actually put 250 quid bet on Ruiz because I thought I'd make a bit of money. Oh, hell, you were right. I, 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 I wasn't super confident don't take that the wrong way I, I happen to have some money in my betting account i can't do much with it from from here i haven't been able to log into i just said to my brother you know what stick that on for me and i'll right. pay you back so i was a bit bit annoyed about that but I, I was very happy obviously to see joshua win again but the thing for me was joshua did exactly what we knew he had to do but i feel that Ruiz made it quite easy for him because Ooh, that- Ruiz's performance was very poor. Pathetic. He didn't fight with nearly the conviction, nearly the enthusiasm or desire that he brought to the first fight. In the first fight, he really went for it. Now, he got his moment to come into the fight in fight number one when he got knocked down. And, you know, that that actually brought him into the fight. But if you look at the fight before that, he was getting to Joshua. He was actually out jabbing him, getting to his body. In this fight, Ruiz was just a bit pathetic. Well, he let himself down, didn't he? He was, a, he was a poor version of what we know he can be. 
A lot of people probably saw that on the scales. So, the, so overall, the fight sort of didn't quite go how I wanted it, or how I expected it to go. So not how I wanted it to go. That's not what I meant. How I expected right. it to go. But, but Joshua was on point. Joshua said recently that Klitschko has been advising him and he wishes that he hooked up with Klitschko earlier. You could really? see that. I did not before. catch that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I hope that he uh, doesn't go all Klitschko on us and sort of box. Oh, like God. That. that was the worst oh. 10 years in boxing. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be very. Klitschko era. It was well, boring. I, Klitschko I, in the early days. Sorry, speaking over you. If you looked at Klitschko yeah. earlier part of his career, like pre Lamont Brewster, Lamont Brewster. By the way, I went to that fight as well in Vegas. That was good. That was another time that I pulled one of my uh, ringside ticket specials. Glitchko was quite aggressive back then. You know, he would he'd let his hands go, both hands, and, and right. really guys up and knock them out. And then, of course, he had to reinvent himself, and he became this grab-and-hold kind of guy. And the most boring Joshua, heavyweight in history. <laughs> yeah, uh, good heavyweight, but yeah, I know what you mean. Good, I'm uh, not judging that. That's actually one of the reasons why I love the Klitschko-Joshua fight because I felt that Klitschko sort of redeemed himself in many ways because he actually put in a really good performance, even though he, he got knocked out. But don't you think AJ looked fragile every time they got close? Every time he got close, he looked like, oh, God. Uh, he does Chris, not um, have a poker face. <laughs> no. No, like, so when I fight, I've had guys punch me so fucking hard in the face and they have no idea that they hurt me or anything like that. I'm real good at that. I, j I just won the mental. He looks like, oh my God, uh, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and you could see it in his face when Ruiz got in on him. And some fighters have that, some don't. But he, you could see it right away. Now, I know if I was Ruiz and noticed that, I'd have been all over the guy. Exactly. So what do you think that is? Do you think that it's just because he had... Uh a game plan drummed in. He was maybe nervous. I'm leading the witness here, telling you what I think. But right, right. game plan was drummed in. Don't let him get close. When you're close, time up. Not probably nervous because of or, or, or unsure of himself. You know, in, in, unsure of his of his whiskers after the first fight. Or has he has he actually become a bit chinny? Has that first defeat taken something from him? Or will he get his confidence back? Because he looked fragile to me. He did. So when he, I, I think, right, he got caught with a couple shots on the inside and looked nervous. Like he felt that power. And you wonder, did his brain go back to the first fight? Go, holy shit, this is how I got knocked out the first time. You know, and he got nervous. Uh, yeah. I, got, I, I give him credit for not continuing to engage in that inside fighting that he was able to go back out and reestablish the range. Had he made that mistake of staying on the inside, I think Ruiz would have knocked him out maybe the ninth round. I didn't think he was going to be particularly effective at tying Ruiz up because what I noticed in the first fight was when they, they were really close, AJ wasn't very good at holding on. And uh, Ruiz let his hands go really well in close, including uppercuts that he brings up from quite low down, straight out of the middle. And Ruiz didn't try any of that. Again, I feel like had Ruiz have been the version that we saw previously, would he have busted AJ up on the inside when AJ was trying to clinch and forced him to fight up close 
And wow. would we have seen a different fight? Would we have seen AJ get knocked out again? Because every time AJ held him, Ruiz didn't do a lot. I mean, as you say, he did have some, he had some success in close, and, and whenever he did, it looked hairy for Joshua. You think there's, I don't think there is a call for a rematch. I don't think there's any call for one. I don't think it will happen. I think I Ruiz, think. obviously, as you know, obviously Ruiz said, oh, who wants to see it again? It's, well, probably not really. He doesn't really deserve it, does he? You know, I'm not being harsh. I really like Andy Ruiz. He got his shot. He took it with both hands. He did what he did. And then he, he, he sort of blew it this time around. If, the, if this fight had been really competitive, then you'd probably say, yeah. He deserves yeah, a rematch. But, you know, but right. So, but here's it. He did knock him out the first fight, and yep. he did lose handily the second fight. But he won handily the first fight. But that nah. just shows the politics of boxing. You know, Joshua. That's where the money's at, and that's why there probably won't be a rematch. And Joshua will go on, and Ruiz will be yeah. dismissed. I tell you what it is. It's normal service has been resumed. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of that I think, and. Uh, I think the path for Ruiz is, if he really wants it, is to get back on the contender trail. His name is really big, so he won't have any issue getting fights. Fight some good contenders. The, uh, the guy on the undercard, Mike Hunter Jr., how good was he against Povetkin? You know, he was really good. Fight someone like that. Fight a Dillian White. Maybe a Fury. Well, probably not going to get shot at Fury, but... In fact, that, that's a bad fight for him because he would just <laughs> it would be completely outboxed. But, so, um, so what's next yeah. for Joshua? So, so you have the Fury Wilder fight. Is jo- does Joshua have a mandatory fight with someone? I, I don't even know. I read that he could lose one of his belts because of mandatories. I've also it's ridiculous. Uh, we'll have to quickly check who that is. I've also read that he might fight Usyk. And I've also read that he might right. fight the winner of, you know, Wilder and Fury. Uh, all well, interesting scenarios. And very interesting scenarios, yes. I hope he doesn't lose a belt because, really, I think we want to see the winner of Wilder Fury fight Joshua and one champion hold all the belts. Right. It's all about the money file where they want to go. The, the fact to strip him it's because he's not fighting some no-name guy from Istanbul you right. know, is ridiculous. That no one ever cared, ever saw it. The guy just doesn't matter. The fact that they have multiple fighters, number one, number two, and number three are all different, and all the the sanctioning bodies is is absurd. It's all bullshit. I know that because I'm on the inside of the game now. (laughs) You know, you see all these politics being played, and who's fighting who? It's it's crazy. I see guys in the boxing world who have no connections, nobody, and and they're fighting guys they shouldn't be fighting there's no one managing their careers so they're just being served up so that's how guys get records and then of course and then if you don't have those connections and, and there's no money to be made from you you're dismissed and you're sent out to pasture to die it's it's sad so it's not always about being the best fighter you know? no 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 but i, I was just on my, i got on my soapbox for a second <laughs> no mate, I, no i'll get you i think you know as we've said previously it's sometimes it's about how prominent you are on social media, how, how loud you are, if you're willing to be a bit controversial, call other fighters out. There aren't that many fighters nowadays, I think, that can just be really polite and really, really nice and be a typical sort of boxing gentleman. Right. right. And, and get the success that they deserve. And that's a shame because I like that in a fighter. 
And obviously you've got people like Lomachenko that, that are, are like that, but that's Lomachenko. It's a different story. It's a special story. You know, it's not all about the skills, uh, unfortunately. Talking of skills, don't you think that Usyk really fancied the job against Joshua after I do. seeing that? I do. Usyk could do a lot of the things that Ruiz was able to do in close in terms of the combination well, I... and getting hands off and beating Joshua to the punch when they're in that length. I think he hits hard enough to trouble him. I think there's an interesting fight there. A hard fight for Usyk because of the sheer size of Joshua, but with the fragility that Joshua is showing, right. I, I, reckon, <laughs> I reckon Usyk would fancy it. Right, right. And then one last thing, because we uh, uh, Marble on uh, our scrap news, my my fighter, he I, I shot you uh, the fighter who he may fight. This guy uh, would not may fight. We're set to fight January 11th at the Hard Rock Casino in Atlantic City in 2020, and we're going up uh, a few rungs in the ladder. His name is Dennis Billabong Okuth. It's O K O T H. A real tough African fighter. And you haven't had the opportunity to really kind of look at the guy a little bit, but any African fighter is tough. They all they fight very similar to each other, so it's a big step up. You have know, real tough guy for a scrap to fight. So we're in training camp now, obviously, and we have a little under a month to make this shit happen. So uh, those guys are scary guys, right? They, they are uh, really tough. You hit them, it bounces off them. They keep coming. Uh, I, I guess you expect scrap to uh, handedly out box him uh what, what he will. how many rounds is the fight it's a six round fight okay. um I'll probably in the next couple we go to eight our last fight we went six rounds against a tough mexican kid shorter he was much shorter than scrap he was five five scraps five ten five eleven so we didn't go to the body so much because trying to go to the body on a smaller fighter is very difficult <laughs> you know a, a tight mexican fighter who who was a straight a typical mexican fighter hard head takes good shots, comes forward. That's why that went to distance. This guy will probably is pretty similar. Uh, he does have some power. He's got some staying power. He's got endurance. He just beat a tough Irish fighter, Dylan Moran, who was, I believe, undefeated, 10-0. and 0. Fought him back at the end of June, beginning of July. This is good. It, it'll be a good matchup, a good test. You got to continue to go. As he gets better, we have to continue to pick better and tougher matches to climb yeah. up the ladder. Hopefully he comes through, you know, beats this guy. I mean, someone like that might be more of a problem over a 12-round fight. But uh, those types of guys, but good luck yeah, for Scrap. He's got a style that we can manipulate and take apart, I believe, just from looking at the footage. The scrap skill set will we'll do that. It's a matter of how tough, like we said, how tough is this guy's chin? How is the whole thing going to flesh out? I don't know, but it should be good. So we're working on it. So, you know, if you're in the Atlantic City area, Come see us at the Hard Rock. That is a top-ranked card, so that will be broadcasted uh, where and when. I don't know. I will let the world know yeah, when we have it. Hey, awesome. Doc, is there anything you want to ask that we missed on today's show? Or? No, I think we talked <laughs> about the main things that we wanted to talk about. There's always, you know, there's always a lot of other fights that we could talk about. I think today covered the heavyweights. I think yeah, I would say is that I'd love to know if people want to hear more of us and want us to do this more regularly, let us uh, we know. We need to. 
Let, yeah, we want. Absolutely. That's been my feedback. I, I think we just because the scheduling became an issue. So we have to we'll tighten it. I think we got to do one once a month and kind of tighten up. But sometimes there's not so much action as other times, ah, but we can cover, I, there's enough in the combat sports and boxing world that we can cover. Certainly. I think um, if we do it actually once a month, i.e. it's every four weeks and it doesn't eke into being like six or seven weeks, then I think we can cover, in a, you know, we can actually cover a bit more because I think sometimes, you know, like there's so much that goes on between two shows that we end up just thinking, well, we can't cover all of that. So let's just talk about this. We always obviously try and keep it to the headline boys, like the, the top middleweights and top heavyweights and, you know, the fighters that people know. Yeah, perhaps we could start going into a bit, bit more detail, covering a few more. Be good. I enjoy it. That was good. Awesome. Great show. have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.